Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome back. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, it's always a pleasure when we have repeat guests. And uh, my next guest is Brian Kinahan of the Alliance Advisory. Let me tell you a little bit about them. Um, we're going to talk about the path to sustained profitable growth. And Alliance helps companies with under $20 million in annual revenues to become bigger and more profitable. And as a company grows, it has to continuously improve management practices to meet the needs of a larger, more complex enterprise. And Brian guides his clients through a systematic process to upgrade practices in the top six areas. You ready? Here they are. Purpose, planning, people, process, information, and meeting rhythm. And the results are as predictable as they are exciting. We're going to talk about um, all of this with Brian right now. So, Brian, welcome back, and thanks so much for coming back on and joining us again. My pleasure. Uh, hello, Bill. I love what you do. Hey, Brian. <laughs> I love what you do. Uh, I love the, the story here that I have in front of me. I didn't want to tell it all because I wanted to leave some for you. Is that okay? Sure. <laughs> tell, refresh our memories, Brian. Uh, you know, our listeners, you can go into our audio library and and plug in Brian's last name, Kinahan, K-I-N-A-H-A-N, and you can find his his prior interview. But, Brian, just refresh our memories. How did the idea for the Alliance Advisory get started, and, um, and what's it all about? Well, um, it's really, you know, I, I spent a long time over the last 35 years working with businesses, and what's always going on in the back of my mind having started off at Security Pacific in the workout department and then doing turnarounds and then running companies, starting companies. Um, it's always been in the back of my mind to, to try to figure out a way to make running a business successfully more accessible to you know us mere mortals. People like Richard Branson and, and Bill Gates, and they have some kind of a special knack, and they're able to do extraordinary things. Uh, all of us can't do that, but all of us should be able to run a successful business. And yet when we're in the middle of it, it sometimes just seems so confusing and overwhelming, that, um, but, but it doesn't have to be. And I thought there must be a simpler way. And so I've been working on this, on this approach over time, trying to understand what the key elements are, that if we just do certain things, all of us, and do them well, that we will be successful. And having, in, in essence, found that and I'm not the only guy. There are other people that have the same kind of philosophy, but really zeroing in on that, I decided it was time to start Alliance and share share this information so that people could have predictable results and stop worrying and start having more fun. Right, and so many business owners that, that you and I talked to out there in this space um, are feeling like they're hitting a brick wall. I, I noticed in your notes it said your, your client's generally fit into three different categories. Some are stuck and want to rekindle profitable growth, so they've hit that wall. Mm-hmm. Some, like uh, clients I'm, I'm working with all the time, they're preparing to sell their business, but they have to get it in shape to get a higher price. And others that are successful in ambition, 
ambitious and they look to you to maximize their growth and profitability. So when, when companies are doing this, how does the role of the CEO change as a company's revenues grow from, let's say, one to five million and then five to 25 million? What, what do our listeners need to know about their CEO role? Well, the, uh, you know, the talents and, and uh, skills and activities that allowed us to start and run a small business are, are not the same ones that are going to allow us to run a larger business because the businesses are very different by virtue of the fact that there's essentially a lot more people in them. Once you add customers and products and so forth, of course you have to add people. And when you add people, then the whole the whole game changes. It's not about being entrepreneurial and being able to, you know, the owner being able to do a little bit of everything and and uh, being in a room with four other people, everybody knows what the game plan is. Now suddenly there's multiple offices, multiple people, and so you have to now extract yourself from being really the person who does the execution and be the person who builds an execution machine, which is made of people and processes and planning and so forth. So you're, you're changing your role from the doer to the leader, and the leader has essentially two roles. One is to, to, to create this, this, I call it a machine, an execution machine, where you have planning and people and processes and information and so forth. Build that out. Put in those practices. Make sure that it exists in a form that's adequate for the size of the, of the company and ideally a little ahead of the game so you can, you, your growth kind of goes into your capability. You're not always playing catch-up. So that's one. But the other is you, you, uh, the company needs a navigation system. And so as a CEO, you're the leader of this navigation system, and you're also making sure everybody understands uh, where the where the enterprise is going. So that means having a good strategy, which in essence is, is having a competitive advantage, knowing what that is. Um, it's establishing a good culture. It's establishing a vision of exciting place the company is going to be in a few years, so everybody gets excited about that. And then communicating that and some other you know, navigational types of things to the entire uh, workforce so everybody's on, on board. So it's a navigation and then building the execution machine. That's the new role. You know, and that's that's very well put. That's very clear, and I think a lot of people get stuck in thinking that they're just going to run their $10 million business like they ran it when it was $2 million, but then they realize it doesn't work. It's too much work, and they start to burn mm-hmm. out. And it's never more clear than when, someone, than when you say to someone, if you're going to exit your business, you've got to get out of the day-to-day nuts and bolts of the business and put yourself into that CEO or chairman visionary role, correct? Yeah, because when a company, when somebody buys your business, they don't want to buy you. They want to buy the business. And so you have to separate you from the business, uh, exactly as you said, extract yourself from the day-to-day. And There's, by the yeah. way, if, if you do that, it reduces the risk to the business because now it's not dependent on one person who may be leaving. And when you reduce the risk, as you know, Bill, you, inc- you increase the multiple and therefore the value. How much of this uh, resistance to change is, is because people are just control animals? They, they, they want to control everything. And, mm-hmm. um, and how much of it's just bad practice? Well, it's a little bit of both, but it's also it's kind of a virtue that that's uh, that's gone that's gone bad because when you're an entrepreneur, 
you have to have a lot of self-confidence. You have to believe that you know what you're doing, even though even though half the time you don't know. But it doesn't matter because you just keep pressing ahead and you, you make mistakes. It doesn't matter. You just have that incredible sense of confidence that you know what you're doing and you can figure it out. And that gets you to a certain point. But when it gets more and more complicated and you enter kind of foreign territory where now you have to be a leader of the business, not inside the business, you need help. And you're, you're over your head and you get stuck. And unless you say, you know, I can do everything, but I can do everything with help and that there's some things I don't know. And there's, you know, it's the old, there's a lot that I don't know that I don't even know. And so I need, I need help doing that. And that's that transition. And you have to say, okay, uh, I'm still strong. I'm still confident. I'm still capable. And because of that, I'm going to get help from someone Otherwise, I'm going to get stuck going around in circles, which happens, unfortunately, to so many uh, s- uh, smaller companies, uh, except for the ones that either get in such pain because they're now they're going backwards and they just have to have help, or they suddenly get this realization, yes, there is another way. I can master it, but I need somebody to show me what that is. The word help has so many connotations, you know, and, and a lot of times it's I need help because I'm in trouble. But in this case, it's I need help because I need to grow and I need to uh, to grow effectively. How important it is when somebody's looking for help with an advisor like you that that you, the advisor, be an expert in their industry? Everybody asks that, of course, and it makes a lot of sense because everybody knows that uh, that their industries are nuanced and complicated and they have certain particular ways of operating. But at the end of the day, sound business principles uh, prevail. And, and what I do and people like me do is we take these sound business principles and be, based on our experience working with, with uh, many, many companies, we're able to guide uh, the company into using those principles. So let's say if you're, if you're going to hire somebody and it's, a, it's an engineer that has a special technical skill, I don't personally have to know that skill. What I'm looking at is what is your process for hiring? Have you defined the, have you defined the, the, the job? Have you gone out and, you know, I won't go into details, but how is your process for doing that? Same thing about setting up uh, key performance indicators and weekly meetings. I sit down with them and I say, okay, what's important in, in your company for you to know on a weekly basis, both financial, operating, sales, there must be booking, shipping, whatever that is. And so the key is to know what the process and practices are that are necessarily and then to be able to guide the company so that they can they can uh, they can adapt those processes to their particular industry. And of course, when you've worked with 50 or 60 or 70, I haven't even counted, but so many companies, you become a pretty quick learner and things start to look similar as well. Yeah, in some ways, it's kind of like the mechanic. The work under the hood is a lot different than the detail work that's going on on top of the on top of the vehicle. If you understand those nuts and bolts and what makes a good company run, it's mm-hmm. it's people, it's processes, it's systems, right? It's the it's the mechanics of what make a, any company run well. The communication, um, that's the important stuff. Um, Good point. Very good point. Um, now, when you're selling a business, I mean, a lot of people are heading, you know, the baby boomers are, what, age 70 at the oldest now. So a lot of them are coming to the age where they're saying, maybe it's time I sell the business. I'm going to look around. And they're finding that there's a lot of competition out there. A lot of sellers are coming to the market. Um, what do they need to do to start thinking about getting top dollar for their business? Mm-hmm. 
Well, there's there's three areas, and um, they're part of a presentation I do. That's like it's the title is "Run Your Business Like You're Going to Sell It, Even If You're Not." And the idea is you want to run your business so that it's running the best possible anyway because you own it, you run it, you might as well have the best business. But, of course, if somebody else comes in to look at it, they're going to be impressed and they're going to say, this is the kind of business I want. And the three primary steps there are um, the first is to have a, a an exciting growth plan and uh, over the next year, two, three years. Actually have that plan, and then if you can show progress against that plan, then that really helps the seller uh, become excited about your business and believe that those great things are, are going to happen. The second is what we were talking about before, which is to take yourself out of the day-to-day, extricate yourself from the day-to-day so that at some point when somebody buys the business, you can pretty quickly kind of peel off and, um, and the business still runs on its own. It's sort of the level five leadership um, that Jim Collins talks about, you know, you go on vacation for six weeks and nobody notices. Uh, that, that's that's where you want to be ultimately. And then the third is, and I, I call it good housekeeping, but when somebody comes uh, to, to look at your business, if you have all your information already ready and your contracts all lined up and, uh, and all, all the documentation that they would want, or at least most of it available, then uh, it makes a very good impression. What happens is you get buyer fatigue if they ask for a bunch of documents, and then you say, okay, I'll get them to you, and then three weeks later you finally get them to them, and then you email them and say, oh, yeah, that one wasn't right, let me get you another one, and they start losing confidence, and then they, then they lose interest. So it's really important uh, just generally for good housekeeping, but especially for a possible buyer, to have all your, all your documents and information lined up. And um, so those are, the, those are the three pieces. Those are excellent tips, and uh, anybody listening, I hope you wrote those down. If not, go back and listen to it over and over again and get those committed to memory. Uh, hey, Brian, you're, you're not just a, uh, an advisor, but you also uh, get people together in CEO peer groups. Um, and how does that work, and, and, and how do people uh, uh, benefit from being in a CEO peer group? Well, a CEO peer group is, is um, you know, that, Business owners and CEOs tend to be, you know, on their own a lot because they're so busy with their companies that uh, they're their heads down on that and they don't really get out much, so to speak. Um, and a lot of them, especially smaller companies, don't really have a, a strong board of directors or board of advisors. So uh, a peer group allows CEOs and business owners to get together and, in effect, uh, help each other, be each, be a advisory board for each other. And so the peer groups, uh, there's a, a learning element where people come, uh, some experts come in and present uh, new topics. Uh, so it's a learning, kind of a half-day learning element. And then the other half-day is where attendees, uh, the members of the group, uh, present problems that they're working with. And then there's a protocol for asking questions and of them and thinking it through and then giving, those, giving them uh, some ideas and, and advice. And uh, what happens is you get an amazing perspectives from other CEOs who, by the way, once you've been meeting together for a long time, you get very attached. And so people really care about helping each other, and they bring all their experience and knowledge uh, to the exercise. And so you now have a very, very powerful board of advisors, and so that you're, you're helping each other. And then also uh, every month then I also visit with uh, the members and do a one-on-one for 
60 or 90 minutes and go through some particular issues that they're having or just uh, keep track of uh, how how the individual CEO is making progress. So that's kind of a coaching um, coaching element. And it's just very powerful. I think the average, uh, in general, peer groups, uh, CEO peer groups, the average tenure is something like seven or eight years because once once you get into it, uh, you just you just stay with it. It's so valuable. Well, it's a great way for them to learn from each other and in an environment, like you said earlier, it's lonely at the top. They don't have a lot of people mm-hmm. to talk to on a day-to-day basis. And this is a way for them to really say, hey, I'm dealing with this issue or hear other people maybe say issues they're dealing with that they wouldn't even bring up in the first place. So I think that's fantastic. And I applaud you for your efforts in that. Well, I have a question for you. And, and one of the things I mentioned at the beginning of the show, um, you mentioned that you help upgrade practices in the top six areas of purpose planning, people, process, information, and meeting rhythm. Can you talk about the meeting rhythm part of that a little bit and and what that means? Yeah, the meeting rhythm really is where it comes all together because uh, if you have a a goal and you have plans and you have good people and you've got your processes so they're repeatable and you have access to good information, you're you're in kind of a plan, do, check, adjust loop meaning you make plans, you you execute the plan, you get information to see how it's going, and then you have the opportunity to adjust. So meetings really is about getting people together and saying, how are we doing and uh, against what we plan to do and uh, what can we do to make it better? The great great irony of meetings is that meetings is the, the most powerful, I guess you could say, the most powerful element of a successful business. And yet meetings are what people kind of hate the most. And right. it's, it's a shame because, and, and it's not hard to fix, but it's because we haven't really been trained and we're not disciplined in how we run meetings. And so I make it a point to teach my, or my, my clients how to have more productive meetings. So for instance, if somebody's in a meeting and it doesn't apply to them, they should just be able to stand up and say, you know what, this has nothing to, this has nothing to do with me. Oh, I'm really sorry. Mm-hmm. This has That's nothing okay. to do with me. And uh, so I'm going to leave now uh, as an example. So anyway, don't, uh, you know, embrace meetings, learn how to have good meetings, because that's where all these people that you're, are helping you come together and do their best work. It's it's more about uh, what have you done to make that meeting relevant and interesting and preparate and don't you know and the whole thing about you know have a meeting to talk about something new not something you could have communicated by email you're rehash a lot of people are rehashing in meetings right and it, so I, I like the I like the concept of a meeting of the meeting rhythm in a business now you have a couple free presentations. Um, uh, one's called Achieving Sustained Profitable Growth, and the other one's called How to Get the Most for Your Business, and you offer a free 30-minute phone consultation. Why wouldn't anybody take advantage of that? I, I don't know why. So with those presentations, are, is that available for groups or for uh, individuals or, how to, or for companies? How does that work? Yeah. Yeah. As mm-hmm. a matter, well, I can I can just send them out. I also do. Uh, oh, I was mm-hmm. just recently at a conference in in Las Vegas, an owners conference, and did a a presentation there for two or three hours, a little workshop. So I really I love what I do. Um, I'm just so enthusiastic about it, and I love helping people. Uh, it's very rewarding. So I'm happy to share the presentations. Uh, if you do a 30 minute consultation, there's no arm twisting. We just talk about business. Have a good time. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so those are you have a real passion. Yeah, yeah. I, I just do. So I'm happy to share it. 
Yeah, you know, that's why I, I love to have you on the show because just like uh, just like us, you know, business owners are really our heroes. It's like, you know, we respect so much what you go through to start and run a business and grow it and all the pain that goes with that. And, and you just want to help them. And I think that's fantastic. So Brian Kinahan of the Alliance Advisory, how do our uh, listeners get in touch with you best, especially if they live here in the Los Angeles area? Well, they can uh, call uh, uh, 310 310- Two five six two six zero eight, or um, my email is Brian B R I A N at Alliance dash CEO. That's A L L I A N C E dash CEO dot com. I, I love what you do, Brian, and you're welcome back anytime. Thanks so much for joining us today. I really um, look forward to the next time that we speak, and I wish you all the best of luck. Great, thanks, Bill. Really enjoyed it. All right, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this with another guest, so please stay tuned. Hi, everybody. This is Spike Reel with The Exit Coach. Business owners, can you name the eight key value drivers that you and your managers should be focusing on to increase the value of your business? Introducing the Sellability Score Index. Visit our website and answer 25 questions about your business, and you will instantly receive your Sellability Score, showing you how well you stack up in the eight value driver areas. It's a great management tool. It's absolutely free for our listeners. Just visit ExitCoachRadio.com and click Get My Sellability Score. Does thinking about what will happen to your business if you're gone keep you awake at night? Will you get the price you need from your business to carry you through retirement? The BEI Network of Exit Planning Professionals is the world's leading advisor network with the power to help business owners transition out of business on their own timeline and terms. Ask your most trusted advisor to create a BEI plan for you or visit us at ExitPlanning.com. That's ExitPlanning.com. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 